This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. As we do every single week at this time, chatting with Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa, talking to us about what is going on in Parliament. And the truth is, Rob, it's kind of cold, so all the parliamentarians are, are staying home. Yeah, aren't they lucky, Benji? It is absolutely freezing today. Uh, and they, uh, it is a recess though. Parliament also get a, gets a break, school holidays and the like. Yeah, they do. So they're on a what's called a constituency break, where they're supposed to spend time within their constituencies um, promoting democracy, uh, educating people about parliamentary processes, um, their democracy, and so on and so on. Not politic, not politically motivated, but more uh, governance, governance issue. Whether they do it or not. I'm not too sure. How do they figure out, since we don't really have a constituency system, you know, like in Britain, you have a person who's for your area, but we don't really have that because you sort of vote for a party and the party just has a list of people. So how do they figure out in Parliament who is a constituency person for where? They don't. It's actually determined by their location, their, their hometown, and probably by uh, the, the political party themselves. Your Parliament has... Um, what they call constituency officers, which are remote officers, which are just an extension of of parliament. They're the PCOs, they call them. And each member of parliament is assigned to a a specific PCO. So they would be in charge of of that that area in which the PCOs, uh, PCO does lie. I think there are about 52 of them uh, around the country. That's very interesting. I actually saw... One of the DA MPs, uh, Madeleine Hilkin, who put out a statement this week about the old synagogue in Pretoria, uh, and that, that of course was the place of the of the treason trial, and uh, a huge problem in that it hasn't really it's not being looked after by the the heritage people, and it seems to be going to to rack and ruin. So I can assume that that's kind of part of either her constituency work, but maybe just part of bringing these sorts of uh, heritage related matters to light. Definitely, definitely. So that that is the job of MPs when they are not sitting in Parliament, is to uh, educate the public and, and so on. Also the job of uh, local councillors in the municipal area and MECs and, and so on. They also get the get the breaks throughout the year. Um, but I think most of them, as, as I said, take just take it as a break and spend time at home. Quite sad, really, when you have so many people who could be educating the public about what's actually going on in South Africa and, and how to participate and so on. Well, one of the things that is going on, Rob, is that all the ministers in in our country got a 3% increase. I think it's actually across the board for all civil servants. Is that not correct? Absolutely. Yeah, it is It is kind of disheartening to see that. And the president as well also would have, would have gained from that. And I think it's quite amusing to, to see how for once – uh, all of Parliament, of course, they vote on vote on the increase. Uh, everybody is in favour of it. I don't see anybody saying no. I don't want a three percent increase in Parliament, which is, uh, as I said, I think it's a bit disappointing because we in a in a bit of a financial um, downturn in South Africa right now, and the average person is is struggling, and not many people have seen increases in in quite some time, and. Yeah, it's just becoming more and more difficult to live. Yet here you have parliamentarians uh, earning substantial salaries, and um, also they they receive a considerable a number of uh, benefits, including uh, housing, 
um, cell phones and computers and uh, allowances and travel expenses and flights and everything else. And they still receive a, a, a 3% increase this year. Even our president, I think he's earning over 4 million rand a, a year now, which does seem excessive for a man, a man who really uh, doesn't need a salary at all, given his private financial status. I mean, I'm sure there's a couch you can uh, put it into, Rob. <laughs> um, but, I mean, 3% is less than inflation, to be fair. I mean, how does it rack up compared to previous increases that, that uh, civil servants might have gotten? Uh, they normally get uh, CPI-related increases. So it's either uh, as CPI, I think, normally 6 or 7%. Um, I think over the last financial uh, period, the parliamentarians, the members of parliament, actually didn't receive any any increase, or ministers as well also didn't receive an increase. That was a, a good break. However, now it does seem to be uh, the usual run-of-the-mill increase, although it is below CPI at, at this stage. And just for ministers, I mean, it is like across, is it all public sector service? Like, do we know exactly how far this thing goes? I don't have that uh, detailed information. Um, from what I, what I don't know, the, a lot of the media reports are, only mentioning ministers, but I would assume that it would be across the board for all uh, political candidates rather than civil servants. Now, Rob, I see that the president at the ANC conference yesterday saying that all things are going to go for the BRICS summit coming up uh, end of August. We know that Vladimir Putin is potentially under indictment from the ICC. My understanding is that our law is actually not very rigid with how this works. So do you think that somehow there's a chance that they're going to try and ram something through Parliament before the BRICS summit takes place that will somehow, in some bizarre fashion, make it legal for Vladimir Putin to, to visit the country, should he so want to? Your guess is as good as mine, but you know I have a suspicion they might just go ahead regardless. We have done that before with with other certain individuals visiting the country and also leaving the country. Uh, I remember a while ago uh, quite a high-profile international uh, individual was allowed to leave the country and escape through through South Africa, which prompted South Africa to announce that they're going to withdraw from the ICC. Whether that will happen again. Uh, this time, I'm I'm pretty sure it will. The the ANC tends to tends to do things, and perhaps half of it doesn't notice these things or claim they don't notice what's going on. But I think, given the allegiance to the old Soviet uh, Soviet Union and allegiance to Putin before, I think the he will he will get away with it, and it'll go on business as usual. Yeah, assuming he comes, which I think is also yes. Possibility. Now, legislatively, although it is, uh, as you say, downtime in Parliament land, Rob, uh, there's something called the Children Amendments Bill. What are we talking about there? So, the Children's uh, Amendment Bill is just an amendment to the regulations uh, regarding children. It is uh, related to the the Child Protection Act and various other uh, bits, uh, other bits of of legislation, the Children's Act as well. It just proposes more protection for children, um, more regulations that, that do come into play uh, through the bill, including a, uh, amendments to the child protection register, making it more private and can only be accessed by certain individuals uh, through prior, prior consent, and a whole lot of other things just to strengthen uh, the protection of children. 
the most important thing there would be the uh, the regulations around the uh, register of children and how um, children in the system are are protected and monitored. There are a lot of kids get lost in the system, whether it's through orphan children or uh, child children who are removed from from an abusive household. They tend to get lost in the system. So this is a, a step up to protect those kids. Now, one of the things that we've seen a lot of in the States, and I'm just wondering if this is filtering in, you know, there's this, all this debate around uh, what they like to refer to as uh, gender-affirming care, right? The, the rights of children mm-hmm. to uh, to surgery so that they may conform potentially with, with ways in which they're identifying that is not necessarily biological, right? So, so someone who's born a biological male but feeling that they have to be a female and then uh, people saying, well, kids shouldn't have surgery that young and should wait for age of consent. And there's been a big deal in the States. Is this kind of thing covered by something like the Children's uh, Amendment Bill? Uh, not in this not in this bill. But interesting enough, in, in the Child Protection Act and uh, Sexual Offences Act, there is quite a mention of, of the age of consent. It seems to be a bit of confusion as to what it is. It, it's officially 16 in South Africa. Anything uh, between that is, uh, and below that is considered statutory rape. However, there are instances where the age of consent can be as low as 12. If it's be- between uh, two children uh, between the ages of 12 and 16 and there's a two-year difference between them that is consensual, that isn't, that isn't illegal at this stage, which is Talking to Rob Hutchinson today, he's from Dear South Africa. We're talking about the Children's Amendment Act. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is 101.9 KFM. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 KFM, we're talking to Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa about the Children's Amendment Bill, uh, the regulations that are being dealt with at the moment there. Uh, Rob, just before we were, were chatting there uh, about the, the issue of the age of consent, I imagine that people might be a bit freaked out by the idea that a 12-year-old and a 16-year-old could be intimately connected and somehow that wasn't covered appropriately by the law. What, what's the logic behind that? Well, I, I, there's a whole report on, on, on children in South Africa being sexually active from, from the age of 12. And you know, there's a whole a whole lot of school pregnancies in girls as young as 13, and uh, being pregnant and sexually active before they even en- enter high school. And what what the research has found is that the the kids below the age of 16, obviously they they hang out together, uh, have become exposed to sexual act- activity through whatever means it may be, and then. You know, experiment, experiment as they would. Um, so the, the, the big confusion is how do you how do you prosecute uh, kids under the age of sixteen? Um, and remember, it's only if they if the age is if there's a two year difference between the age, then it then it's considered legal. Uh, how do you uh, prosecute the kids? Do you, do you prosecute the one who's older? Do you prosecute the younger? Or, or what is going on? Uh, they, they, nobody seems to really be clear on on how to do that. So they've come up with this with this law that says uh, they can. If it's a two year difference, then it's consensual. If it's if it's the age gap is greater than than two years, um, and both kids are between the age of twelve and and sixteen, then 
it's that's statutory rape, and both will be uh, should be prosecuted. Oh, very interesting, and, and I suppose quite quite difficult because the way the law works is that if a crime has been committed, then you're sort of obligated to act in terms of the laws. In other words, pregnancy in this particular instance would be a sign of criminal activity, and then the police would be arresting people. It would be a kind of would be a bit. It's like the wrong tool essentially to 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 deal with the problem. Absolutely, and you know, there's also. Um, I was reading through through a lot of the research, and uh, did you know that a child between 12 and 18 can consent to surgery without the permission of the parents or their guardian, which raises a whole lot of uh, questions in my mind. You mentioned uh, sexual reassignment surgery. Uh, would this apply to that as well? Uh, it's oh, it seems that they they can do it in South Africa. Very, very interesting. Okay, well, that's, uh, that is uh, something that is a, a bit of a, a problem uh, and something that, uh, of course, you're always allowed to uh, comment on if you want to engage in these debates. Uh, how is the age of consent worked out? That is a, a big challenge. Uh, I think that uh, they're clearly looking for ways of dealing with. So, Rob, how can people do that if they want to comment on the Children's Bill, or in fact any of the others which you guys are often working on? They can uh, either do it through the various government departmental websites, uh, the, the details are there on how to have your say, or far easier way would be to go to the public participation platform, uh, dearsouthafrica.co.za. Uh, a lot of the detail is there. You could, there's an easy way to just fill in your details, uh, supply a comment, click the button, and it goes straight through to the correct government department and is registered as an official submission, which allows you to influence the bill in any way that you like. Oh, there you go. Rob, thank you so much for joining us as ever on 101.9 High FM Blue Review. Uh, keep warm, and we'll chat to you again next week. Excellent, Benji. You wrap up warm too. That's Rob Hutchinson there, and uh, brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much to the team. I'll put it together. Craig, who pushes all the big red buttons, Mashadi, who's on the production, Vusi, who's on the sound, and to you, dear listener, who joins us every single week, do join us again next week on the new Blue Review.